Coming up on episode 108 of Appetite for Distortion, Richie Faulkner returns to the program. We're going to be discussing his new tour, Ozzy, and gives us his opinion on Judas Priest and Guns N' Roses when it comes to talking in the media. And in the second half of the episode, we're going to be talking with superfan Alex Mendoza. He had an amazing four days at this year's NAM, meeting several Guns N' Roses members and had some really cool interactions. We'll be talking to him as well. Welcome to the podcast. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando, episode 108. I appreciate every single one of you, whether you found us through the iHeartRadio app on AlternativeNation.net, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. I believe we have the first 65 episodes, I believe, on YouTube now up until the uh, the first time or maybe the second time, I think, that we had Ellen Niven uh, on. Of course, RazQ uh, helping me create that YouTube channel. So, so shout out to Raz, who will be back on the show. Uh, he is currently wor- working on his audiobook of the days of guns and razes. And I think I'm really excited for that because obviously I love the way Raz speaks. So to hear him tell his story through his words, you know, vocally, not just written words, um, I- I'm looking forward to when that comes out. I-, I don't know yet, but I'll, of course, keep you guys all updated. I try to be very open and honest about uh, how I do the show. So it's been... A little bit since I did an episode, maybe a little over a week, but I think it's okay because that week I gave you three new episodes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just comes in bunches. I didn't. I try to do it weekly, but sometimes I just get uh, overloaded, so I wanted you guys to digest uh, that for a bit. Uh, I mean, we had Asher, Ben Ruby, Smash from the infamous uh, 1987 Headbangers Ball GNR interview, uh, Michael Sweet from Striper. That was a, a very cool interview, very uh, unique interview. I mean, they always say radio don't talk uh, religion or politics. I've talking, spoken about both on this podcast and tie it into Guns N' Roses somehow. And last episode, Tommy Stinson's return. I mean, what a what an awesome guy. He's going to be back on again. I mean, he told me. His management says it's he's going to come on again. We talked about possibly you know, doing a, an, an in-show concert, maybe inviting some fans down. I'm at a loss for words. The fact that he just suggested suggested that. It wasn't I was trying to grease that wheel and be like, oh, maybe you're shooting out some ideas. No, you heard him say it on the episode. So uh, I, I just figured I want to give you guys all time to digest that. Uh, because in that same week, I also interviewed, which you're going to hear in just a few minutes, Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest, also his second appearance on the AFD show. And I... Uh, I mean, I, I, the day today is um, the, the 3rd of March. We're about to get hit with a snowstorm here in, in New York City. The, uh, the winter has finally arrived, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it's been, you know, the, the episode's been in a can for a week. 
and I want to release it uh, as I'm doing today, again, March 3rd, uh, because coming up after Richie, we're going to talk to Guns N' Roses superfan. I don't know if that's his, his official title. Um, but his, his name is Alex Mendoza. He's on a lot of the GNR uh, Facebook groups and, and Messenger groups, all those kind of uh, Guns N' Roses fan sites. You may know the name. Uh, he actually, you might know the name because recently he took a uh, a video of Rich, uh, uh, speaking of Richard Fortas, of his Instagram Live. And he was asked some question about Van Halen, really not giving an answer, but his non-answer went viral. And it was all because Alex took the video. So he's a super fan. We're going to talk about his uh, Guns N' Roses scavenger hunt, so to speak, at uh, this year's NAM, uh, that, the, that NAM convention. I think I called it NAM <laughs> last fucking episode. No, he was not in Vietnam. He went to uh, the NAM convention. So we're going to be talking to him after Richie. So it's going to be a two-interview uh, episode. And Richie's interview is, and I'll tell you also something how I do this show. This episode is supposed to be Richie uh, Faulkner and then also Rob Halford. Rob Halford uh, separately. Uh, there He was going to be, I was going to interview Rob. So it was going to be a Judas Priest episode. But uh, Rob had to cancel his, uh, his, his press tour that morning. I, I believe he's going to reschedule that. So hopefully we'll get Rob Halford. Uh, the legendary voice of Judas Priest uh, on the show in in the future. But uh, in the meantime, I just figured Alex Mendoza is a nice substitute for Rob Halford. <laughs> anyway, I want to let's uh, let's get off and, and running uh, with episode uh, 108 with Richie Faulkner. You know, we talked about uh, the the cancellation of the the Ozzy dates because Ozzy is sick, and uh, you'll hear later in the interview. Uh, I ask the the Judas Priest approach to press. Versus the uh, the Guns N' Roses approach, and he's just a really cool guy. But I let you decide for yourself. Richie Faulkner, Judas Priest, the AFD show. Hey Brandon, how you doing, man? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. And welcome back to Appetite for Distortion, Mr. Richie Faulkner. Thanks again. Thanks for having me again, man. Hey, I don't know if you remember the last time that we spoke, because I know you, you do so many interviews. And of course, thank you for your time today. Uh, do you remember saying that the name of this podcast, Appetite for Distortion, should be some sort of guitar pedal. You gave me that great idea. Absolutely, yeah. It should be, yeah. You know, for like a slash or a Guns N' Roses type thing, for sure. It's a brilliant idea, one of which I need to put into action because I need money. <laughs> you know, I'm curious, since you are always so available and you do these, what we call radio tours, do you like doing them? Do you, did you ever think that, you know, your, your dreams of go, growing up to be a rock star, that you would be doing... Interviews in this fashion, you know, kind of like a, like a press tour, interview after interview after interview. Do you like it? Well, there's always, you know, when you uh, when you're a kid and you you know you're aspiring to be, you know, what we call a rock star or a working musician, you you kind of don't really think about this side of things. But you know, right. there's lots of things as you go, you know, throughout your career that you 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 kind of come into that you didn't really know about or expect. And this is one of them, you know. But this is one of the things that we all love doing. It's something that me as a fan love talking about i love talking about priest i love talking about you know what we do and what we're going to be up to because we're kind of we're all a thousand percent involved in it you know this is what we do this is our life and we know how important it is to fans around the world being fans ourselves you know so it's all part of it so it's all really exciting we're talking about the tour uh we're talking about the record we're talking about you know stories on the road we're talking about what's coming up it's, it's how can it not be uh you know exciting to to do that really sure 
And I make a lot of sports comparisons because I think being in a band is a lot like being on a sports team, a professional sports team. So, you know, sometimes a player likes giving the post-game press conference. Sometimes they don't. But I think it's a, a real good chance to get to know the players on a team or in a band, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. And I think you can tell as well when someone's, you know, talking about something that they're not into, it's not very inspiring. It doesn't make you want to go, you know, to a concert. It doesn't make you want to go to a game or, you know, it doesn't want to make you go to a movie to see it. You know, if someone's not inspired by what they're doing, it kind of it doesn't come across very well. And how is that going to inspire anyone to, to go and see the, see the movie or whatever it may be? So, but it's just, you know, again, we love it and uh, we, we just want to talk about it, really. I got it. I got you. And, and one of those rock stars who I love, not just their, their music, but whenever they are interviewed, who they are, is Ozzy, who's been battling uh, some pneumonia, right, recently? Because you were supposed to go out on, on tour with them, and, and that was canceled. Can you give us an update on, is it pneumonia? Is he doing okay? Do you think that the once he gets better, the tour is going to be rescheduled? Well, I think I think you're right. Yeah, it was pneumonia from, um, from what they've said on the socials. Um, but from what I've seen lately, they, they've let him out of hospital and he's back at home now. So, uh, you know, it's it's a tough thing, you know. And I'm sure he's got the best possible care around him. And, um, you know, hopefully he gets better soon and he's back out on the road. I mean, we were, uh, we were supposed to be in Europe at the moment, Oz. Uh, you know, everyone's health is paramount. And... Um, you know, so hopefully he gets the time and the care he, he requires, and he's, he bounces back and gets back out on the road. And again, I think Ozzy's sort of he's passionate about what he does. He loves what he does. So, you know, as soon as he's fit and healthy, I'm sure he'll be back out there, um, you know, rocking and rolling, and hopefully with him. Health, of course, paramount over everything. But also in the meantime, speaking of Ozzy, you're taking his slot in uh, at the Download Festival in Japan. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, originally we weren't doing it. And, uh, you know, I think all the promoters and the agents and, you know, the management have all got together. And uh, we were just in Japan and we, we weren't planning on going back to Japan so quickly. But, you know, we've got such a loyal fan base in Japan and, and they, they suggested it. Um, and so we're going to go over there in March and, uh, and play the same festival. So, you know, it's... You know, it, it worked out for us. It worked out for the fans. Obviously, Ozzy's going to be back there at some date, um, so the fans will get to see Oz at some date. But, uh, you know, again, as you said, man, health is paramount. He, hopefully he gets better soon, and in the meantime, we can go out there and fly the flag for him uh, with Priest, and um, hopefully everyone has a great time. I imagine it's a bummer, though, uh, to have to cancel that tour with Ozzy. Did you know him well before, or was this tour an opportunity to kind of just befriend the Prince of Darkness well, I haven't uh, personally. You know, he's been in and out of our dressing rooms when we've crisscrossed on tours together. Uh, but obviously, the guys have. I think I think some of the guys they grew up in the same town. Um, you know, so they know each other really well. So they've got some stories, and they always catch up uh, when, when we, as I said, when we crisscross. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's always it, all the schedules in the press and you know the interviews like this we get to do. We very seldom get to uh, see each other you know there's always something going on and then we're on stage or Oz is on stage somewhere um, but yeah I was hoping to catch up um, we're, gonna, we're looking at rescheduling some UK and uh, European dates at some stage in the future so hopefully we'll get to catch up again then
You know, Richie, last time we, we spoke, uh, you were going out on tour with Deep Purple. Now you're embar- about to embark on a North American tour with Uriah Heep. Of course, the Aussie stuff didn't work out right now, but it, it will. Um, and then you have the unique perspective of growing up listening to Judas Priest, and now you're a part of this legendary band while you yourself are becoming a legend. So do you ever pinch yourself? Uh, is this just a job to you? How do you, how do you look at all of it? Do you know, of course, there's kind of pinch me moments. I mean, I think it's, you know, some some of the points in the set, you kind of take a step back and you look around and you think, bloody hell, this is really going on, you know. That never really goes away. Um, and the, so by the same token, you know, the, the longer you do it, the more sort of focused you get and the more sort of involved you get in delivering the performance, you know, delivering for the fans, representing the songs, both new and old, um, you know what I mean? But there are those moments where you still pull back um, and just look around, see the fans, see Rob and, you know, see Glenn and Ian and Scott. And um, there are pinch me moments. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity, you know, that I got with Priest. And, you know, the fans gave me the opportunity as well. And, you know, I'm just obviously grateful for, to, to everyone concerned to have had that opportunity, really. But you do get your head down and you kind of start you know, focusing on delivering and making the performance and the production and the set list. And you kind of, it becomes real in a sense, you know, it becomes very real, but in a sense also it's kind of surreal on certain levels, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Of course. Now I'm curious since you, you have also the, again, unique perspective of being younger, but being part of a, an already established legendary rock band. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'll use the Download Festival as an example. You'd be playing with some younger acts, let's let's say. I mean, Hailstorm's been around for a while, but all things considered, they're still pretty young. Uh, Ghost. So I'm just curious, who are you looking to that's younger uh, to carry the, the rock torch, the metal torch? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Hailstorm and, Hailstorm and Ghost, as you just mentioned. Uh, and, you know, as you said, like, they're, they're not new young bands anymore. You know, they've been going, respect, you know, they've, been, they've got a respective few years uh, under their belt, you know. But I'm looking forward to seeing it all, man. We, we always like to, and they're, they're our buddies as well, like some of these bands, some of these guys in the band. So when we're doing festivals like this, it's a chance for us to, as I said before, like with Ozzy, you know, going, you know, jump in each other's dressing rooms, say hi to the people that we know, and, uh, and go and check out some bands. So, you know, it's always exciting. As you said, we're out with Raya Heap on our run. Um, everything, there's always new stuff going on. There's always, as you said, new bills, new bands that are playing, different bands that are playing. You know, bands might be playing, you know, different countries that they haven't played before or just, just different experiences. We're playing, this time around when we're in the States, we're actually changing up. We've been changing the set list throughout the Firepower Tour. Um, and this is our third time in the States on this run. So we've, we've changed the production, we've changed the set, we've changed the set list a bit. We've got about eight different songs that we're working on for the set list. So point being, it's always different. It's always the, the differences that make it, kind of special you know different bands playing different people that we know and i think for the fans as well you know that sort of excitement that we get from that environment we want to kind of pass that on to the fans as well give the fans something exciting something different something new something old you know so um it's just it's a it's a great kind of creative atmosphere and i mean as as i said earlier on you know it's they you can't do anything for 50 years without loving it that much and how could you not love doing that you know Right on. 
And I, I couldn't help but think of when you were mentioning uh, the stage, um, you know, a kiss. You know, they're making a big deal about their their set design on their their farewell tour, or at least that's what they're calling this tour. You never know. Uh, I don't know if you read up on you know the trades as they say, but uh, Nikki Six and and both and Tommy Lee have kind of criticized Kiss for quote unquote stealing ideas from their final tour. So I'm just curious, do you, do you like that? You know, rock stars throwing barbs at each other in the press. Do you think that's that there's no such thing as as bad press? It's just drawing attention. Do you like uh, that kind of approach? Well, I, th- I think it's part and parcel of the the climate we live in now. You know, everything's so connected, everything's so accessible, and everything's immediate. You know, so it's just it. I think it's just par for the course. That's that's who we are as human beings. If we don't like something, we're going to say it, and if we've got an outlet to say it. We're going to say it, you know what I mean? And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, uh, people saying what they feel and throwing it out there. But then, obviously, you know, there's going to be consequences potentially for that. That's just the way things are. But, um, you know, I I did see that about Nikki having a a job. But, you know, it's just, you know, I'm sure, again, I'm sure the Internet makes a bigger deal out of it than it really is, you know, as is with all these things. It's just a bigger... You know, you could put something out there that's relatively small uh, in, in in content and the internet will take it and spin it and blow it up. And, you know, that's that's the world we live in. So sometimes it works for you, sometimes it works against you. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's part of the course. Yeah. I mean, that's why I asked you uh, at the beginning if you like doing these radio tours. And it can only help you that you have such a positive outlook on it. I think uh, with the radio interview, it's kind of a bit easier uh, because of the context, the tone that you're talking in. Um, But even that, once it gets transcribed to print, you know, that can be taken out of context. It's a tough one, but, you know, it's it's par for the course. It's, it's, It's part of interaction. It can get misconstrued or whatever. It's just part of our language and communication. It's been like that for millennia. And now we've just got the, the Internet doing the same thing, maybe, you know. I wonder again, for from your unique perspective, being a, a younger guy, just a few years older than me, being trained, I guess, in Judas Priest by by veterans. Would you say? Oh, without a doubt, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So while you know, Rob and, and some of the other veterans you've worked with may train you on how to handle the media and the press, what about a band, a new band, a young band like Red Van Fleet? I mean, they they do interviews and they may get a lot of slack. Do you? As someone perhaps closer to their age, but has a veteran outlook, do you have any advice that you may give Greta Van Fleet or bands like that, younger bands? I mean, that's a good question, really. I mean, I don't think Greta Van Fleet need any advice. I think they seem to be doing quite well. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, I think, as you said earlier on, sometimes the press can help you, sometimes it can hurt you. And I don't think in their case it's hurt them, really. Um you know, you're always going to get... It's funny, us as rock fans, we're kind of like... It's kind of like politics, you know. Everyone's split down the middle. You know, half people hate them, half people love them. You know, half people love them because they sound like Zeppelin, and half of the people hate them because they sound like Zeppelin. You know what I mean? And it just, again, fuels that media fire, that social media fire. And everyone's kind of involved in that discussion, while meanwhile, Greta Van Fleet are playing bigger and bigger shows and gaining more and more traction. So... It's like sometimes we get stuff said about us, um, and meanwhile we're playing uh, 10,000 people tonight, and the people online 
aren't going to be at the shows anyway. You know what I mean? So that's what they choose to do. And but we're we're focused. We're not focusing on that. And I think that's you know I don't have to give them advice, but I mean you know you can't really pay too much attention to what's going on in the media. To in that sense, you know. They're playing bigger and bigger shows and gaining more and more traction. So they're playing great music and they're playing it well. And I think as long as your core, you know, what you're what you're doing is strong, and that's the music in this case, then people can say what they want. Really, there's always going to be naysayers and there's always going to be haters, but there's going to be more people that love you. And you just get out there and you know stand up for what you believe in and and do what you do to a thousand percent. You know, and uh, again, I don't think they need any advice from me or anyone. They seem to be doing quite well. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And that also makes me think of, I guess, what your approach is. You're so open and honest. And yes, we're having a good conversation here in a podcast, but when it gets turned to print. So you being so open, um, you know, Richie, we spoke, I believe it was episode 80. You know, I'm in the early 100s now, and I just got somebody from Guns N' Roses. I just got Richard Fortas a couple episodes ago. And it's hard to get them to actually talk GNR. So based upon everything we said about as far as media, how they can take things and spin, th- spin things no matter what you say, do you like the, the perhaps the, G- the GNR approach of ho- holding things close to the chest, you know, protecting yourself and you're going to be successful regardless? Or do you prefer that they were more open like, well, you are? It's a good point. Um, let me think about that. It's... Um... I think we don't know the reasons why they are keeping information, you know, where they're keeping it. We don't know if it's a secrecy thing. They don't know. We don't know if it's. Uh, uh, they don't want to be misconstrued. We don't know what the the motivation is. But you know what? I, th- I think what I do feel is that there is a careful balance between how much you let go and how much you keep behind doors. I think there's a certain amount of mystique that is in danger of being lost in certain in certain situations with being so connected. It's important to be connected. Part of the, the great times we live in is the fact that we're accessible or these our, our idols are accessible. As we said, we've got Nikki Six tweeting, you know, on our Twitter feeds. I mean, that, that's, that's unprecedented, really, that, a level of connection that we haven't really seen before. Uh, you know, so that's important to be accessible. It's important to connect. But at the same time, I think there's a certain level of secrecy that needs to be maintained, not for anything other than creating a bit of mystique. You know, when, when Kiss rolled through or when Black Sabbath rolled through in, you know, the late 70s or early 70s uh, for Sabbath, the only time you'd ever, ever seen Sabbath was on the front of the LP if you had it. You know, you, you know, and there they were on the stage or, you know, again, with, you know, me growing up, if it was Maiden or Priest or, if, you know, I went to see Aerosmith in, you know, in the 90s, in the early 90s, and I'd only ever seen Aerosmith on the back of, you know, cassette tape uh, boxes, you know, so I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know what Joe Perry ate for breakfast or anything like that, and uh, I didn't need to know, you know. uh, It seems like nowadays, the the more information that everyone's giving out, the more you have to tweet about what you're eating for breakfast or whatever it is, you know. So it's a long and laboured point, but I think there's a careful balance of being accessible, but also keeping some of the mystique, because... I loved that as a fan. I love not knowing. And, and there they were on stage. You know, that, that's, that's Tony Iommi up there. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, that's that guy on Twitter that, you know, told me what breakfast, you know, what breakfast he had. And at the same time, it, it creates, 
it makes them like us, which is great because you can relate, but at the same time, it makes them like us, which sucks because they're gods. You know what I mean? And we want them to be gods. So it, it's a careful balance, man, I think. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it works differently for different artists, and different artists have um, different levels of how much they want to give out and how much they want to keep in. So, again, it seems to have worked well for Guns N' Roses. It seems to have worked well on the same token for like bands like Led Zeppelin, famous for not giving anything away. Um, you know, it's just part of the mystique and the ethos. Some people it works for, some people don't. I know that was a really long answer, but it was a great, great question. Thank you. And it was a great answer. <laughs> Richie, thank you so much for your time. And I, I can't wait to see you guys at the Paramount in my hometown of uh, Huntington. Yeah, we're looking, we love that venue. And uh, as I said, we're, we're looking at putting about, you know, some new songs in the set list and changing it up a bit. So we can't wait to get down there and deliver the goods for you lot. Those shows always sell out. Thanks so much for your time, Richie. Until next time. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye now. All right. Thank you, Richie. And we're going to do things a little bit differently here. We're going to split up the show in half. So right now... News. Actually, I don't know if it's news. as um, It's more of, as was suggested to me by who's joining us on the line right now, more of like a this day in history. Uh, so I'll credit... And I'll, I'll bring him on and introduce him in just a second, but I'll credit Mitch LaFon from bringing, for bringing it to my attention. Uh, today uh, in history, in GNR News, so it's uh, Sunday, uh, March 3rd here in uh, New York City. Uh, I sincerely apologize to GNR, especially the band and crew, for stupid comments about the upcoming tour. Remember, kids, don't drink and text. Alex Mendoza, who <laughs> tweeted that? Do you remember? Uh yeah, Chris Pittman. Yes. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. See, I had a little yes button. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting time in, in Guns N' Roses. I mean, when is it not an interesting time with this band? So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring up um, this date in, in GNR history because that was a funny moment um, while we're recording this, this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned before the interview, I had done that like a week or so ago but putting out three episodes in the or four episodes in a week was just too much let me just kind of sprinkle sprinkle it in somewhat so yeah so i figured to add to the richie faulkner interview uh we have um something i've been wanting to do again for a while and that's kind of like a fan interview but i guess this is more of like a fan explore uh, exploration and i think i have another soundbite for this fan Fashion. It's a fan obsession. Wow, I've been really slacking with the sound bites, and I'm making up for it in the first <laughs> few minutes we're talking, Alex. So, oh, no. <laughs> so but basically, just to set things up, I know people. Uh, I guess maybe a lot of people who listen to this podcast, certainly those who follow Guns and Roses online, may know the name uh, Alex Mendoza. Um, just for better so, or for worse. Yeah, but for better or for worse, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I've talked about the fan base since I've been doing the podcast. I mean, yes, I am one, but just all the in, all the I don't even know what it, the clicks that form, uh, just the forums themselves, what's going on and how people treat themselves in the forums, the mm-hmm. copyright bullshit, everything that the fans do. But then there is the sect of fan that I'm truly jealous of, and I just wish I had a job that lent itself to just. <laughs> seemingly traveling the world or maybe i need to live in la where all the cool shit happens yeah. but alex i invited you you on um a because i guess appreciate you being a listener for a long time and i always want to give back because people say they want to talk gnr on the show so i i try to 
make it happen when I can. But you seemingly, you, you never met Chris Pittman, but you seemingly have met almost every, a lot. I mean, there's a, been a lot of ex-members of GNR, but you, but specifically uh, in, and I, I have to correct myself from last episode, I call it, called it NAM. You did not go to Vietnam. Right. You went to NAM. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, what, what, what is that? The National Association of uh, something musicians? Uh, music merchants, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So you had met how many? What was it? Was just like a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, if that. How many members did you yeah, meet? Um, in total, uh, it was seven seven GNR members. So, yeah, that was cool. But um, a bunch of them we didn't expect to be there, but uh, there was some that we knew, you know. Um, and uh, so it ended up being a fun four days. Yeah. See, that's that's something that that's cool. And I, I don't know maybe if you have like a how-to to meet GNR members because I, I don't know if I met too many musicians over my life, All, like outside of radio. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that some people come here to iHeart or other radio stations I've been at, you know, when people come on to be on the morning show to promote something or, or, or some sort of event that the station's tied to that you're going to – yeah, that sometimes that happens. But to actually go yeah. – I don't know. I feel like you, you, you have a – <laughs> like what I used to do at Islander games when it was at the Nassau Coliseum, or at least when it was full time there. I don't know if that makes sense right. to you, but if you're able to hang out because uh, you're in L.A., like outside Dodger Stadium, and you're waiting for the players to come out, yeah. But you seem to have this really this recipe of just meeting everyone. Like, did you know? Because you're like what? Like yeah. Do you know? Like it's like a scavenger hunt. Do you like always know where they're going to be? Or do you have to like so, you found this this event this famous event, and you yeah. just go there looking for specific people? Like, what's your approach? Well, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. Tell me about tell me about you. Why do you why, why do you want to meet everybody? Um, I I can't tell you why. Like, it just started <laughs> with one. With, it actually started with with uh with Bumblefoot, um, and that wasn't even planned. Um, so I met him by mistake once, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, but, um, yeah, it's just more like, you know, they're people just like us. So, you know, why not meet up with them and try to get to talk to them and whatnot. But with Nam, um, so Nam was the second time I had been there. So this year we had some time to uh, research and uh, kind of just try to find out who's going to be there. And being it was downtime with GNR, we kind of, we had a good idea of who might be there. You know, it still was a guess. Um, but we all knew Bumblefoot would be there. We all knew Ashba would be there. Um, and then slowly you started to hear, uh, you know, Frank would be there, uh, to sign some stuff, but, you know, really, you know, NAM is, um, it's an industry event, you know, it's not really right. for the fans. So, you know? so that's something that, that's, that's curious to me. Cause yes, you can go to a convention. Maybe I should kind of really streamline my, you know, what I'm asking, yeah, you can go to a Comic-Con, meet certain people. You can go to an autograph signing at a sports, sports memorabilia place. And those are access to the fans. Now, how do you, I mean, you don't have to tell me if you're a secret Russian spy. You wouldn't tell me anyway. <laughs> but how do you get into these industry things? Because you were, weren't you at some of the, the the box set unveiling certain secret shows? Is there something like, do you go out looking for these special events that maybe not everyone knows about? Because if I was a regular fan, if I wasn't in radio, I wouldn't know what uh, NAM was. I, I wouldn't. 
Well, yeah, just I mean, just because I guess I'm a fan of music, I've known about it for a while, um, but I never had a chance to go because you have to, you know, you have to be a vendor or uh, or somehow involved in the industry. Um, but uh, last year, I was lucky enough to get an invite from a friend, um, and this year as well. So, oh, like a plus one. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that gave me gave me access for for the four days. Um, so who'd you meet this so, time around? Because who who's there? Oh man, there were so many people there. Um, uh, let's see. It started with uh, Bumblefoot. Ron Thaw was the first one I met, and uh, you know he's always really nice. He's always really cool. He is. No matter <laughs> what I've said on the show, and I I, I jokingly said it to uh, Dave Elfson and uh, Frank Bello, and then to. Um, uh, Carmine Apice, because who we've all done music with him or done shows with him recently. I'm like, can you convince him to come on the show? We don't have to talk about Guns N' Roses, but I, I love him anyway. Anyway, sorry, it's I'm just I want him to come on the show. And I'll, I'll mention it to him next time I see him. Everybody has, everyone has. Uh, yeah, a, it's uh, one of these days. I I I hope. Anyway, sorry. I'm, yeah, no I'm feeling I'm feeling uh, feelings. <laughs> understandable understandable but um he was at two different events i uh, forget the the companies he was at vigier the guitar company and uh and then another event so you know he played live uh he he showcased the instrument or the pedals that uh you know that the company he was at was that he was promoting at um later on he signed autographs uh, he gave away, um, you know, he plays with a thimble for his guitar. He gave away thimbles to the people that, that were there for autographs, which is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, and he signed my red hand, Chinese Democracy, which was really cool. I only opened it really f- because I knew there would be a lot of people uh, that were on Chinese Democracy um, at this event. So, yeah, that was cool. That was kind of the highlight for me, is, uh, having having all of them be able to sign that. But, um, you know, it, it's hectic at the same time because there's so many artists there. And when you map it out, you have to pick and choose sometimes who you're going to go see. Sure. And, and who you're not going to go see. But um, let's see who else it was. Uh, DJ Ashba, <laughs> which is always a fun one to meet. Um, but uh, What kind of a guy is he yeah. uh, in person? He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy, actually, you know. Um, for some reason, I always run into him too. So, um, <laughs> was he hawking his but, water? Uh, any any water available? Actually, he was. Actually, no. uh, yeah, we nice. got some free water from him. <laughs> I gotta get him. I mean, I've reached out. I mean, it was never a direct connect. Uh, I think just through his website. He's got a very streamlined. He's got one of those websites where you can only submit a form, and that's not as right. I don't know. I feel like it's not as personal as you know an email address or phone number or whatever. Anyone doesn't matter. Uh, but I'll, I'll give away water on the show. Come on, DJ. I'll, I'll do that. Whatever. Again, I'm, yeah, I'm just feeling I, feelings. Because, again, I'm jealous. You're, you know, I have a, a GNR-related podcast. I've been in radio for so long. And, you know, yes, I met Bumblefoot. But now I think that's where the similarities end. Well, I'm, I'm right. meekly, Brett, I met somebody else who you'll tell us about in just a few. But anyway okay all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just had a ton of ice cream so if i'm hyper that's why no worries no worries i just drink drink some coffee so nice um anyways 
Yeah, Ashba was cool. He did like a little interview, which is kind of uh, um, interesting. And then uh, they always ask him GNR questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why these guys don't want to come on the show. It's I'll ask one yeah. or two, but whatever. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. That's a that's a conversation. I don't think you overwhelmed with it though. So, Ron, Ron should have no problem being on here, but <laughs> that's his his prerogative, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I still love him. He's still uh, we're Brooklyn Jews to the end. That's what I you know, I, lo- <laughs> I love. Him. Right, right on. Uh, so DJ and, uh, was DJ was cool, uh, and you said yeah. you, they were taking requests because it was it with DJ or Bumble that you request that you just go up and you're like annoying like fun annoying about it like <laughs> requesting oh uh, yeah that was uh that was with Ron so he he was taking uh he did a little acoustic set and uh you know and a lot of fans from the fan spot um ended up going I don't, I don't even know how some of them got got there and then be honest with you but uh it was pretty much uh the GNR hardcore fans <laughs> invaded invaded Nam which was pretty cool and uh so a bunch of us were there um and then afterwards after we was kind of done uh he just kind of hung out and uh, he was taking requests and uh me and him kind of geeked out over kiss for a little while um which was fun um and i even corrected him he was playing uh <laughs> one of the ace frilly songs uh he said it was ozone but it was actually uh snowblind but anyway <laughs> <laughs> he must have loved that yeah, I thought that was cool. Cause yeah, before GNR, you know, I was a huge Kiss fan. So, and, and Ron's a huge Kiss fan too. So, yeah, that was that was pretty rad. Cool. Yeah. But uh. Oh, and there was somebody else uh, there, which I can play off the word you just said. That's pretty yeah. radical. Radical, radical. Not the Ninja Turtle <laughs> was there, but Duff was there, wasn't he? Wasn't that a surprise? Yeah, Duff. Duff was a surprise. Uh, we kind of got word, I think, the night before. Um, that he was going to do a signing, um, um, and that was I think Saturday. That, this was Saturday, so this was all over four days. We got there Thursday, uh, so this was our third day. We were probably pretty tired. Uh, you do a lot of walk in there. Are and, you from uh, around the area that you're able to, or you have to go away for four days to go to this thing from where you are? Um, I, I live probably an, an hour and a half from there, but but uh, this year uh, we ended up getting a room. Okay, um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's concerts afterwards, um, different um, guitar makers and uh, whatever vendors are. Cool. They have their showcase shows. That's cool. They should do yeah, that. I, they should open up to the public, though, because, I mean, we're just starting the conversation about it. And look how much fun you're having. Why shouldn't they should do like a rock yeah, Comic-Con, you know? And and some of the concerts um, are outside. They're, you, you know, you don't have to be a NAM, uh, have NAM um you know, clearance to, to be able to go to the shows like Dime Bash. They had Dime Bash there, uh, which they have every year. So nice. that's just a matter of buying a ticket to go into that one. Okay. Um, and uh, that was cool. You know, Corey Taylor, uh, Dave Grohl, uh, uh, some people from the Iron Maidens were there. I mean, that's, a, uh, that's amazing. Tanya, Tanya Callaghan, a bass player. You know, sure. Adler. For a former guest of the show. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty cool too. And they have those every night. Um, and like I said, sometimes you got to pick and choose which ones, you know, you want to attend. Sure. I mean, it's like, we even it, went to one, um, Richard Fortas, you know, we went to one of his oh. it was a roof. It was a rooftop show. Um, it was, 
I guess it was exclusive somehow, but somehow we got tickets. <laughs> and uh, it was somehow get us. everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Somehow. Um, but yeah, it was Doug Wimbash, uh, bass player. Um, but he had uh, he had a bunch of people up there, and uh, Richard Fortas was one of them. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. That, what an experience that to see Richard play uh, on rooftop like the Beatles or U2 or something. It was. It was pretty, pretty cool. And it, even after the show, he came. Uh, Richard came to talk to us. You know, well, we ran into him, so we had okay had a short, short conversation with him. And he's always super nice, super nice. And but uh, we had saw him earlier in the day. Um, but let me get back to Duff. I sure. Guess, and then I'll go back to Fortis. So we had heard Duff was going to do the signing, and uh, I think that was going to be at one o'clock. So we lined up uh, waiting for that one. And then all of a sudden, uh, checking his Instagram, he said he was uh, driving over to uh, to Fender to release uh, his new guitar. And I had read the night before that, you know, he was going to have a new Fender bass. So I was already in the back of my head thinking, all right, he's going to showcase it. So uh, we had the recon team <laughs> run up to Fender, figure out what time that was going to be. And... Uh, and uh, okay, so I got it wrong. The the signing was at three. Then we come to find out the fender uh, revealing was at one. Okay. So we kind of had to be two places at once. Um, How many uh, in your group? Because you said it was a lot of. Um, I I know you know a lot of people listening because you just uh, glossed over just saying fan spot, but I mentioned that before. It's just a nice you know Guns N' Roses Facebook group called GNFNR, not in this lifetime fan spot, right? So what? Right, how, right. Many, how many were in your in your party that you can do all these, these, say, re, re, uh, these recon missions, you know, <laughs> I want to say there was like eight of us. Maybe okay. Ten of all us right. Total. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. That was fun. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier to line up if you have to, and then to, to figure things out. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, some people decided to wait and stay in the, the lineup because that was uh, confirmed. You know, you will meet him. You will get a signature. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I decided to run up and, and try to see the Fender side, uh, uh, thing, which I benefited from because, you know, he he did uh, – he showed his new base, the unveiling. Um, he answered some fan questions, uh, which is cool. I got to ask uh, a question I asked uh, – uh, what can you tell us about the Westies, right? Which was, uh, it's uh, for his wife's new book. I guess he, they're releasing an EP or something, and uh, and uh, by the Westies. So, uh, oh, okay. So he was stoked that I asked that question, but um, and then uh, and then I was able to get him to sign uh, Chinese Democracy, the Red Hand. I uh, thought that was interesting. Well, that's a piece of memorabilia right there, because I mean, he had no. I mean, are there any pieces that maybe he wrote back in the day that were used for it? I don't think so. I you know, I don't know, but um, yeah, at first I wasn't gonna have him sign it to be honest. Um, but then I go, you know what? I mean, it's pretty hard to get a dust signature on the Chinese Democracy Red Hand. Yeah, um, you might be the only one. Exactly. So I'm like, screw it. And then plus he's he's you know he's from the classic lineup and. Um, he plays Chinese democracy songs. And, uh, and I actually brought that up to him. You know, I, I told him I appreciate what he's, what he's brought to the song better. And he, uh, he commented that's a really difficult song uh, for him to play. Hmm. So I thought that was cool. 
Um, so yeah, he was very nice to us, you know, signed a lot of people's autographs. Um, he, he recognized some of the fans and I think he was shocked because like at NAM, you usually don't run into hardcore fans there. Mm, Cause like uh, you said, it's like for industry people for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But he did, he did recognize, uh, uh, Tina, who's always at the shows, so, so that was kind of cool. Nice man. But, uh, yeah. Then we had to run downstairs to get his autograph later on, so that was cool. And he laughed because he's like, "Oh, you guys again." So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's always real nice. But in you, uh, if that wasn't enough, you you captured another special moment there, right? Between two yeah. new members. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, we had. Uh, so then we had to go over to get uh, Fortis's, or excuse me, Frank Frank Ferrer's autograph. We knew uh, he was going to be a do, doing a signing, uh, so we went up there, uh, and we're waiting in line. And earlier in the day, a friend of mine had a uh, ran into Robin Fink, who's you know former member and who yeah. helped write the song better with Axel. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we all know. So he had ran into him, so we were on high alert. We're like, oh, great, Robin's here again. I had seen him there last year, and I had Chinese Democracy with me, so perfect for him to sign that one. And uh, so while we're waiting in line, lo and behold, we saw we saw Robin. And, uh, again, super nice guy. Um, he laughed because I knew Tina. You know, he noticed that we all know each other, so that was kind of funny. <laughs> He's like, you know Tina? I'm like, yeah, I know Tina. Um, and then uh, he asked what we were doing there. We're like, we're waiting for Frank. He's like, Frank's here? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, where? We're like, over here. And we started walking over to Frank, which was sur- surreal. You know, I'm sitting there walking with, with Robin Fink uh, over to Frank. Right, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and uh, so it was cool. Um, you know, they obviously hadn't seen each other in a while. Um, they hugged, you know shared a few words. Uh, so I was able to capture all that, get pictures of all that. And then the funny thing was, is uh, then Frank looks at me and he goes, what are we doing now? As if I had anything to do with like, like what was going on. Oh, cause he, he saw you walking him over and he, he thought you were the you know, concierge yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he thought I was working for, you know, the place where he was signing or, or whatnot. And uh, so I look at him and I just said, well, we're going to sign my, my CD. And I'm gonna take <laughs> nice. Well played. That, right. Naturally. I mean, that's it. He was like, cool. So he signed uh, the red hand. We took a group picture, which was great. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Uh, Robin went on his way. And then uh, we got back in line, <laughs> got, got uh, more autographs and talked to Frank a little bit more. And uh, he was all he was all happy to see us. Um, you know, Frank recognized and knows a bunch of those super fans, so it was it was a good time. And I think we're all excited from from seeing that happen. Yeah, it was very cool that you captured the moment. I think Frank even shared your picture on his Instagram. Yes, he did. I mean, that's yep. you captured you know a, a moment of of friends embrace. It was it was nice. And I I need to take off. See. That's why I'm jealous of you that you you're able to go all these different places. I, I mean, yes, a lot of stuff happens in New York City like it does in LA, but I just work too much. Like this Wednesday, I really wanted to go see um, Mule Kick, Frank's other band. He plays the oh, right. at Arlene's grocery uh, Arlene's grocery 
a lot with uh, Tommy London, um, right. this cool musician who's friends with Lady Gaga, and you can, now he has a show on Sirius XM. And I just, I'm always working. I mean, I will one of these days take a day off <laughs> when I find a day off uh, to go see his other band. But again, you know, not just the the chance that you get to meet these people, you know, because that happens, but the fact that you're able to really enjoy life and, and meet these people and, and take time is, uh, I don't know, not every fan gets to do that. And I think that's cool that these musicians recognize you guys, but obviously people who get to go over and over and over again. Because concert going is the ultimate, and meeting uh, your 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 heroes can be the ultimate. So that's uh, that's pretty special. Um, who else? So we got yeah. all right. So we got Bumblefoot. We got uh, DJ Ashba. We got uh, we got Frank. We got Frank. Um, we got Robin Fink. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, we got Duff, of course. Uh, who oh, um, this is funny about Robin Fink. I was. Um... While we were walking, you know, I told him when I first saw Robin, it was actually my first Guns N' Roses show, uh, 2006, Inland Invasion. And he was, you know, laughing. And then uh, I mentioned, I said, that's when you used to look like a, like a hippie lumberjack. And he started, <laughs> he started laughing. But uh, anyways, I thought that was amusing. And he, he, he also was amused by, by the hippie lumberjack reference and knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, it's, it's but, uh, those, like, special moments. Like, for the rest of my life, the only time I... I met Duff, you know, God willing, he'll he'll be on the show. I mean, got two of his brothers, and uh, Susan should be happening sometime early April, just before her, her book release. But the only time I met both Duff and Slash was before a Velvet Revolver show in Jersey, and he was wow. signing autographs, um, and I ha- had him sign. I, I want to wear it. It was like my favorite Guns N' Roses shirt. It's like an old-school cross shirt, and— waiting to get my shirt signed somebody just puts out their hand and it's like can you sign my hand duff's like what are you gonna do with that and i just reply you don't want to know <laughs> and duff's cracking up everyone around is cracking up so i'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life you know duff probably i'm sure does not remember that but i will just like you're gonna remember right. everything that you get to experience and the fact that you got to experience it in such a you know where fan fans aren't normally supposed to be and everyone yeah. and all these guys are so cool to you that it's because they can just be like, oh, what are these fans doing here? This is supposed to be just for professionals and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you guys are professional fans, I guess, so to speak. Uh, but it's right. cool how open and uh, well, honest yeah. and everyone uh, was, you know, with meeting them. Well, and I think, you know, they expect to see a certain type of fan there. Um, you know, since it's people in the industry, of course. You know they're fans of music too, so that's why they have those signings, right? Sure. If you work for Fender or whatnot, you know, um, yeah, you get to go to the Gibson booth and you know see your favorite guitar player and get his autograph. So, but it's a particular type of fan, you know. It's uh, the common fan, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, usually not the fan who's like, "I found your baby teeth." Will you autograph them? <laughs> you guys, we're, we're yeah. weird. We're fanatics, it's but not, yeah, it's not the hardcore fans. <laughs> As we know in the GNR world, there are ones who go too far. <laughs> uh, so, um, who who else uh, are we missing on the, your uh, Guns N' Roses scavenger hunt at, at Nam? Okay, real quick, I want to go back to uh, sure Paul because I, Bumblefoot. I thought this was funny. So okay. during the song request, um, of course, he's you know, what do you want to hear? And I threw out um, Street of Dreams, and he always laughs. 
Uh, <laughs> do that acoustically? You know, yeah, I bet uh, when it came to Kiss, I, I said, uh, what did I say? I said, uh, hard luck woman or going blind. And, and that's when he says, God damn it, because you always request the obscure song. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was funny. But uh, at least he'll know me by that dude, right? I, I think song. that's that's great. And, and just like how you asked uh, Duff an obscure question, I think people really appreciate that. It's like when I um, I told the story. I don't know if you listened to that episode when I, I said, uh, you know, when I was on the I wasn't on the Jimmy Fallon show. I was in the audience, and he sometimes he airs the the when he goes in between like the second guest and while the band's setting up the the musical guest, he'll go in the audience and say, "Have, have any questions for me?" And he'll get some questions and tell some stories. And everyone asks the same stuff. You know, what's the difference right. between this and SNL? Or who do you want to interview that you haven't? It's the same shit. And my friend who works, who got me the tickets, who works on the show, said that to me after the fact. After I asked my Guns N' Roses VMA questions. And you could see his eyes lit up. I think people really appreciate right. that. And that's what I, I try to convey to people like uh, Bumblefoot, that I'll ask you different questions. It won't be the same stuff. But... Unfortunately, I can't control the, the, the powers outside of me that will just take whatever Guns N' Roses mentioned, no matter how small, and will make that the focus. So, you know, I don't blame them, even though I I want the conversation to happen. I, I can't blame them because I would be frustrated. Yeah. Too. So it's like talking I, like an expert. They understand that. They just try to limit it. But I, they know, too, it's, it's an inevitable that that's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. lucky that I've been able to get some of the people I've gotten and who— Said like I don't know how much GNR I could talk, but you know I'm still doing it. Uh, that's why the fans, we us, you, we, we could talk. We have no limitations. That's it. <laughs> so who else do we got on the uh, on the list? Do we the, the... Um, yeah. So then, uh, oh Fortis, did I say right. Fortis? So uh, you mentioned yeah. it briefly, but I don't think you you said how uh, it came about. Like I mean, it was like yeah, yeah, he, yeah go ahead. he was uh, they. You know, we knew he was going to do a signing, so we showed up there, and uh, oh, and the uh, the rooftop thing you mentioned. Yeah, well, this was earlier in the day. This was before the rooftop oh, gig. Okay. Um, uh, we knew he was doing the rooftop gig too, um, and later on the day, we 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 got some tickets um, from that somehow. So then um, we uh, we knew he was going to do a signing, so we went up to the signing on uh, again of just a big group of us. And uh, we were probably the first eight, ten people. And the line got really big for Fortis. It was a small vendor. Uh, but Fortis was really cool, once again. Um, signed my red hand. Um, he said uh, Axel was very upset uh, that that cover never came out. Uh, that was the comment he made about the cover, the, the red hand. It was um, so much. Yeah, I hear a lot of, of about that, the different covers. And the one they went with, the bike? I mean, yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever, but right. I love, I love the red hand. I wish that, I, I think everyone uh, who's seen it loves that one. I we all wish that one would have came out. It's more memorable, I think. Yeah, even the booklet, the inner booklet's different too. Um, it's pretty amazing, the inner booklet artwork. Yeah, like every piece of artwork that was not the cover is <laughs> like it's overly impressive. I mean, the cover's nice, it's very simple and. But it seems like, yeah, I think, like it seems like a back of, you know, the the vinyl kind of thing where the 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 track listing should be. That w- looks like what the bike should be. Well, I think um, if we would have got all of them, 
then the bike would have made more sense. It would have fit in, you know, as the bigger picture of everything. Uh, but since we only got the bike, it's like, what the hell, you know? Um, but that's, that's you true. Know, yeah. But that's why Axel's upset, right? Because <laughs> that it didn't come out like it was supposed to. So that sucks. But um, yeah, after all those years, it's it's still not right. Jesus. And and for uh, for this, he noticed uh, uh, the Ron Thaw. He says, "Oh, Ron's here." Uh, or no, he said, uh, "When did you see Ron yesterday?" And I go, "Yeah." And uh, I don't know why, but I said, uh, "When's the last time you saw him?" And he kind of had this look on his face, like <laughs> not expecting that question. Hmm. Uh, and he says, actually, the last time we played together. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, then later on, we saw Fortis um, at the rooftop with Doug Wimbash. Uh, shoot, who, there was a bunch of other other people in the industry playing. Um, and uh, Well, I'm curious how, I mean, I know Gilby Clark's at those things a lot. Uh, I know you met him. Uh, Roberta Freeman wasn't there this year, I believe, but she's there a lot. Uh, I think it was just after um, the first time we interviewed her. It was just as she got back uh, from there last year. But the one I'm really curious yeah. about is is Josh Freeze. I feel like we don't know enough yeah, was, about him. You know, in GNR. he was he was there, and I knew he was going to be there. That probably was um, my main goal is getting Josh Freeze, uh, but it, it was impossible. Um, you know, he he did put on social media when he was going to be there, but he never said where he was going to be. So I probably walked the drum area for probably an hour and a half to two hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, just, just constantly walking up and down the aisles. Um, I went to the booth that I thought he would be at. Uh, I forget the names right now. Uh, and talked to the employees. Um, I had one look through her whole, their whole uh, roster of people signing. And she confirmed Josh is not going to be here to sign. Mm. So um, Danny Carey was there. Um, tool. But no. Yeah. So it was frustrating. Um, and then, of course, I had to meet Duff. That was the same day as Duff. So I had people helping me hold my line. But at the same time, I was looking for Josh. Um, and then at some point, he messaged that he left. And, and I know later on, he posted that uh, he was with his son at some DJ booth. So... You know, he's with his family, so it was a different, maybe a different kind of day for him. Okay. But I had messaged him before. <laughs> I'm like, will you sign my red hand if I see you? And he liked the comment. So uh, if I would have ran into him, who knows what would have happened. But I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Not this time around. But it really was. I said it kind of facetiously before, but it, this is, it was like a scavenger hunt for you. I mean, that, that's just... Uh... That's just cool that you're, it's not just the, if you, you go here and yes, there are parts of it, but you just go to meet one person, you're in a line. Like a lot of these, you know, rock stars do book signings. You're there just waiting in line to talk to them for a few seconds. But it sounds like, you know, you're going to different places. It's having like little adventures while meeting all these people. So I don't know. I Maybe, maybe I don't know whether it's Nam or something else. This, this gotta be some sort of rock comic con thing. Like look what, Look what Comic Con became. It used to be for industry people and 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 hardcore nerds. Now it's it's. I don't even if I want to go. It's supposed to be so packed and so. Uh, you, you know what it is. It's and, and you know and it's the industry people make make a joke of it and and uh, you know it's it's chaos. You know. Um, right. But 
within that chaos, there's a lot of fun and a lot of good stuff. Well, <laughs> that's true. I mean, obviously, people go and pay for a reason, for sure. But no, that that's yeah, awesome, man. There, there's one in Tennessee, apparently. I was talking to um, Rex Brown's uh, guitar tech. Okay. Um, I ran I ran into Rex, you know, Pantera. Mm-hmm. I ran into Rex Brown, and um, so then I was talking to his guitar tech, and he was saying the one in Tennessee is uh, uh, the last day the the public is allowed to go. Uh, but he says Tennessee one is way calmer than this one. He goes, this one's this one's crazy. Hmm. So that was interesting to hear that. All right, you but, never know how these uh, these things will expand in the future, uh, as long as it doesn't turn into like a fire festival or anything like you know made up. But I, I, I like th- it. Just seems like a really cool that. experience, and I'm glad that you got you know you were the plus one for somebody because you know I'm not a musician. I couldn't go. I mean, unless it was th- through some radio thing, but I'm saying like the average person can't experience like that, someone like that, or doesn't have the doesn't have as much of an opportunity to go to these kinds of things as uh, you know everybody else. Maybe that's what makes them so special. I digress. What do I know? Uh, right. <laughs> so, anything else uh, spe- special happened there? Because I'm curious, and I know it wasn't at uh, Nam, but I'm just curious about how you you met Axel. I'm just every time I see somebody with a picture of Axel, I'm like, why not me? Why not me? Yeah, oh, oh, sure. Let me, real quick, let me tell you about Gilby. Because when I ran into Gilby, it sure. was just, he was lost at the first floor. And, uh, you know, I talked to him for a second. He's like, dude, he goes, I'm late for my session. I can't find Gibson. And thank, thank goodness I knew where Gibson was. So I'm like, third floor, man. Go up the stairs. You got to go all the way to third floor. He's like, yes. So later on that night, I saw him at his, at his performance at the House of Blues. And I told him, like, hey, I'm the guy. He's like, dude, thanks so much. He goes, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to find the Gibson. So he gave me his guitar pick, gave me the set list, pictures, autographs. It was pretty cool about that. Very cool. uh, And Gilby's always real nice. But um, Yeah, you were like, you were almost going to be a tour guide for for Frank because he mistook you for an employee. (laughs) I don't know if you wore the same, like, kind of like Best Buy T-shirt as everybody else was wearing there. And then you, you you helped out Gilby. You know, you told him, uh, you know, how to find his way to fucking Sesame Street or whatever. And that That's just funny. That's just a trip. Again, that just adds more. These are memories you're going to carry for the rest of your life. It's more than just meeting somebody for a second and, and getting an autograph, but a chance to chat with them. And that's, you know, why at the end of the interview with Richie Faulkner, I mean, I think it's so amazing, a chance to meet, you know, and talk in, to these musicians and, you know, does the GNR approach, does that, you know, how do you feel about that? But, you know, even with that, I mean, it was never, it's never officially been said, hey, we're Guns N' Roses. We have a, a specific stance on fans and meeting and, and, and press stuff. Uh, but, I mean, look at the day that you had. Not many people, will, I don't know if anybody will ever have a chance to experience what you did. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. I'm glad it happened. <laughs> So but, uh, yeah, and I'm just curious because um, you know I appreciate the time that you you've you've given uh, given me today. I'm just curious about uh, when you you met Axel. Was that before? Was that like another kind of like an event? But I, it was or was it after a concert? How did you go about that? I want to know again. I want to know your expertise uh, yeah. on how to meet people. Sure, that was uh, that was the first date of the first leg, the second leg of the Dot in This Lifetime tour. Uh, North American tour. So that was um, 
2017, I think, um, September, I think. But uh, so I flew to St. Louis um, to go to the first show, right? I mean, it was the St. Louis show. They hadn't played there in 27 years for the riots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, met some crazy cool gunners um, who woke me up early to go line up. And uh, normally I wasn't like a line up kind of guy, but um, when your friends go, I guess, what are you supposed to do? So uh, I think it was six in the morning they went to line up. Like um, they actually like woke up some homeless people by accident. You know, <laughs> they thought they were waiting in line. You know, they're like, where does the line start? And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, they were sleeping on the floor. Mm. But um, anyway, so we found where the entrance was. Um, anyways, show was crazy. It rained like crazy. Um, after the show, um, instead of going to my hotel room and just sitting there, I guess, because I was in another country or another state, um, just decided to go where the buses were after the concert and uh, there was a couple couple hardcore fans back there <laughs> and uh we probably waited there not very long um i'd say it was an hour hour and a half and uh i don't know that's kind of long well not i know people have waited all night for axel you know well, i guess in comparison sure <laughs> yeah yeah and you know he's a night owl so um you know, sometimes four or five in the morning, if you're lucky, right? Mm. So this was well before 12, um, you know, because GNR doesn't get on at 11 like they used to. So, um, Good point. Yeah, and so we saw Fortis come out. You know, Fortis was cool, waved at us, and then came out later on, uh, signed autographs, took pictures, uh, which was really cool. I think that was – no, I would met Fortis before, but then um, – and we saw Fernando, chatted with Fernando for a bit. Uh, Betta, uh, who was really nice, uh, we gave her some some of the bracelets from the from the fan spot. Um, and then they told us, you know, if we're nice, don't get excited. Um, someone might be coming out, so we had a good idea. Axel was going to come out, hmm. and uh, so we did what they said. We lined up. Um, they told us one picture or an autograph. Um, at the time, I didn't think I had anything to sign uh, on me. Um, so I'm like, well, I want the photograph. I'll go for the photo. Uh, yeah, so, that's how I am. Time. Unless you're getting like you with the, the, the red hand, which is special. I think maybe when I was younger, getting autographs like of, of sports players, but I'm never going to sell them. So to have the picture of a memory, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I think especially with Axel. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's not known to get out very much. So, um, you know, that was special. So, uh, sure enough, Axel came out um, with Fernando. Um, they also had, I think, one of, I think Fernando's trainer, one of the trainers was with them um, that normally goes on tour with them. And then uh, I think that was about it. They, uh, then they had the normal security that was there. And uh, as soon as Axel came out, um, they had kind of like a fence uh, uh, to keep us back. Um, and, uh, you know, fans got a little bit excited, but not nothing crazy. And uh, security was like, you know, stay behind the fence, stay behind the fence. And that's what Axel just went 
no, that's cool. And he pushed <laughs> apart the fence, and then he just walked out, like, with us. He, so he was, like, standing there with us. Oh, okay. Which was really, really cool, like, you know, um, for him to do that. And then uh, there's a little kid up first. Uh, he got his stuff signed, a couple people before me, and then uh, and then it was my turn. So, um, you know, you try to think of what to tell him. Nothing comes to mind, you know. And uh, so I just told him, thanks for everything you do, Chinese <laughs> democracy, whatever. It's just some stupid thing, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about it. I just made a fool of myself, right? I don't know what and, I would uh, say either. I would just be yeah. like, I, I, I love lamp. I would just <laughs> something yeah, stupid. Like, something stupid like, to come out. <laughs> you know, right? And nothing comes to mind. So they, uh, uh, the trainer was taking the picture. Fernando was there, um, and then as after he took the picture, uh, they're handing the, the phone back to me, and I hear Axel goes, "Hey, whose phone is that?" And that's when it hit me. Um, I I totally forgot <laughs> about the phone case they had bought probably like a month before the concert. And I bought it specifically for the concert. So uh, Mark Christabi, who did the user illusion artwork, um, he had painted, hand painted the jacket that Axel wore on the European tour. So I found the phone case um, from Christabi's company, right? Really well done phone cases, numbered, all this and that. I think they came from, from Spain. I always get it wrong, Spain or Italy. Hmm. But um, they came from there, um, and I totally forgot it was on my phone case. So Axel noticed it and he said, Hey, whose phone's that? And that's when I go to mine, you know, I'm <laughs> thinking my head, holy shit. And, uh, and he goes, that's a Kostabi. I'm like, no shit. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got it cause of you. And he's like, I, I've, you've seen my jacket. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's why I got it. And I go, will you sign it? He goes, fuck yeah, I'll sign it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so then he signed it. And then that to me just made it, put it above you know like from that moment on i'm like holy shit yeah it's the... it made that moment special to me you know uh whether it did to him or not uh it was to me so i think it's those little special like you know that you're showing appreciation of, for his work or who he is like yeah we all could fumble and be like thanks for everything thanks for the rock and roll <laughs> yeah but just seeing yeah. like those those special like the special interesting question you asked duff or the, the, those little again those little things that just that not everyone thinks of you know that just shows like hey i appreciate your your work and what you do and uh i mean it, it's subtle i think that the more subtle that you're not you know you don't need a fence yeah. in between you that you're that crazy oh blah, 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 you're vomiting your love all over them but it's like the little subtlety i think people seem to appreciate more so no that's that's right on you were special you got the autograph and the picture so good for you yeah it, it didn't even end there like um you know because i had shared the the story on social media uh mark Kostabi, uh friend requested me and uh, he asked if i uh if i would mind him sharing the story of course not so uh he shared it um still didn't end there um somebody had asked me about it like a while after it happened. So I retold the story and uh, Mark Kostabi happened to, to chime in and he said, uh, how did he put it? He said uh, when he was at Madison Square Garden backstage, because they had just did like three or four nights um, and Angus was there one of the nights. Uh, he said, uh, he said that story came up when he was backstage and I was blown away. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? You know, so 
in my mind, I, I thought, wow, that's cool that Axel brought it up. Like, I didn't know what happened, right? But I just imagined, uh, you know, Axel bringing it up for some reason. And so everyone, you know, commented and a couple of people said, you know, that's cool. Mark uh, brought it up. And I said exactly what I just told you, you know, I think Axel brought it up. And like a day later, uh, Mark chimed in and he said uh, it was actually Axel who brought up the story. And uh, and he said Angus was standing right there. And I'm like, what the? You can't make that shit up. You got to be joking. You know, Axel retelling the the phone case story. Kostabi. Yeah, that, that he remembered, you know, and yeah, yeah. So that's great. You, every time again, it, it's it's more, you know, why I I, I wish GNR was more accessible because of just like all the memories that you've been able to create, you know, kind of by accident. You really didn't expect to, you know, for that to happen with Axel specifically. Yeah, you went to, to meet him and hopefully get a picture and or an autograph, but is to get that story and have it live on. Uh, and then everything that happened at NAM, uh, you know, certain things you didn't expect to happen. And these are memories that we fans, we take for the rest of our lives, you know, and I, and I, mean, I do get the fence thing too. So you can use the, the metaphoric fence, you know, what I was trying to talk about with, uh, with Richie, you know, kind of comparing Priest and, and GNR. Yeah. Some fans go too far, you know, and ruin it for the rest of us. But, uh, yeah. it's just really cool when you're going to be telling your, you know, one day your your little GNR ones about it. I assume so. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome, man. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm I appreciate you sharing uh, both stories uh, with us today. Of course, anytime, Brando. Any um, because I know you're you're pretty active on social media and you're just a regular Joe, so it's not like you're here to promote anything. But is there anything, you know, uh, whether it is a social media handle that is to talk GNR uh, with or any. Maybe like a charity event you want that's special to you, anything that you want to get out there while, uh, you know, I have you on an episode of yeah, the FD well, show? Yeah, since you mentioned it, you know, my friend uh, Nancy Sale, who started Rock Against MS, she has uh, an event going on uh, March 30th at the Los Angeles Theater. Uh, so you get tickets online for that. I think it's eventbrite.com, if I'm not mistaken. But um, there'll be some GNR alumni uh, there for sure. Steven Adler will be there and maybe some others that might be announced. So nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, which will be cool. It's always a good event for an awesome charity. Um, again, that's rock against MS. And then, uh, as far as, uh, just my social media, just my Instagram is uh, alone, A L O N E three, six, three. Um, and, uh, that's about it, I guess. All right. But, uh, and if anything, the last thing I've just ever, I don't know, ever since you became a conscious person in my, I was about to say conscious person in my conscious, but that would make no sense. But ever since like I really knew about you, Alex, and doing this podcast yeah. and stuff and knowing your name, I've always wanted to, uh, and now that I have you on the, the show, I want to play this, this soundbite for you. Mendoza! <laughs> Are you a Simpsons fan? Oh. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty fitting. What can I say? <laughs> you probably get that all the time. <laughs> That's yeah. how I feel. Every time I see you with a picture with somebody, I'm like, Mendoza, damn it, again. <laughs> You know, so that's that's great. I, I, that's something that what I've I've loved doing the, the podcast is just seeing, you know, I'm just a regular fan who happens to have some sort of radio outlet, 
and you're just a regular fan and, and just having all these cool interactions with people that we, you know, we, we've loved since we were kids, you know. That's why I yeah, get a kick out of it. people like like Bumblefoot, who's older than at least me. I don't know. I think he's older than you, too. I know you're a few years older. Uh, but talk about yeah. Kiss, because Kiss is the band they grew up with as, you know, when they were kids. That's how I feel about right. Guns N' Roses. So uh, they have these kind of moments and kind of sort of get involved in their lives or at least create some sort of memory you know, like you with the phone case. Yeah, I, think I think that's that's cool. Yeah, I think we all got something in common. So, you know, you could be a cool fan and you could bring that up and uh, they'll probably remember you better than getting all crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the idea. So that's all, all the GNR fans meet here. It doesn't matter what you, know, you look like, what you believe in. As long as you, you like Guns N' Roses, you're welcome here. And that's why you're welcome here, uh, Alex, anytime you want. And uh, one more, more soundbite for you. You're officially a bad apple, so I, right on. I, I got to start doing that more. I, I know I've missed out on a lot of guests letting them know because they care, letting them know that they're officially a bad apple. So, um, I'm just just keep doing what you're doing, man. It seems like you're really enjoying right, life, man. and uh, you know, just just be well. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Brando. No problem. Thanks, Alex. And of course, uh, thank you again to Richie Faulkner. As we wrap up episode 108 of Appetite for Distortion, thank you to everybody who tunes in whether it's via the iHeartRadio app, if you find us, uh, you found us through uh, the Alternative Nation uh, website, alternativenation.net, uh, through Spreaker, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, however you find us. Uh, appreciate it very, very much. And of course, please follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show, or on Twitter at the AFD show. So until the next episode, when will you see it? The words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.